1: H-U-P-L-P, Hillsborough, center of the known world. This is the Cageside Concussion Cast, your source for the fighting arts in the Carolinas and beyond. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I am Jeff Shaw, and it is February the 14th, and on this day, I have a question for you. I answered this question for myself earlier in the week. Do you know why Cupid carries a bow and arrow? You know Cupid, right? Symbol of Valentine's Day, the little cherub who can pierce you with an arrow and make you fall truly, madly, deeply for somebody? So I always understood the romance part of this holiday, but the weapon part of it was a little more confusing. So here's the answer. Cupid carries a bow and arrow because he's not just the son of the love goddess Aphrodite. He's also the son of the war god, Mars. So he gets the romance-spreading impulse from his mom's side of the family and the desire to shoot things from dear old dad. He's also got wings, by the way, because love is supposed to be fickle, hence the wings. Flighty, get it? Just a little bit of symbolism there. Now what does any of this have to do with the show? Well traditionally Cupid can shoot you with a golden arrow and make you fall in love. So that has two of the most intense human experiences, violence and infatuation, all encapsulated in that fat little cherub that we see everywhere on Valentine's Day. So if you think about it, with all the suffering and the injuries that people go through in the martial arts, we must love it if we keep coming back. So me and Trevor wanted to do a show on Valentine's Day that was about that love, the moment you really knew that you loved Muay Thai or Jiu-Jitsu or MMA or, or whatever it is you practice. So in the spirit of Cupid, we have something special planned to start the show. Trevor Hayes is going to join me later both for the new segment and for our new Ask Coach Trevor segment where the Master of Cowboy Karate will answer your questions about training. Right now, though, we're going to do a segment where we hear from you, the listener. And it seems that listeners agree, like romantic love, the martial arts will sometimes cause you pain, but unlike that flighty and fickle romantic love, the martial arts will always be there for you and will never let you down. So we asked people to call in and tell us their stories about how they fell in love with the martial arts and when, and people responded. So we're going to play three outstanding stories from people in a second, and thanks to all those listeners for calling in. But I've been informed that it would be really unfair if I played theirs and didn't tell you mine. So without further ado, here's the moment I knew that I was in love with jiu-jitsu. Uh, love is all about trust, and this story is about that, too. So we were training for a tournament. I was a white belt. And for those of you that aren't familiar with jiu-jitsu, it's a grappling martial art and training in the Hoist Crazy Network. It's really about top pressure a lot of the time. And I'm very flexible because I've been doing yoga for a lot of years. And so my instructor, Seth Champ, who's, you know, around 200 pounds, has a really tremendous double under stack pass where basically he gets under your legs and folds you in half, makes you deeply uncomfortable so that you give up your guard, give up your defense, and he's able to pass to a dominant position where he can submit you. So we were training, uh, doing a chart, which is uh, where three people are sparring, sort of alternately, and Seth folds me in half in this pass. Now because I'm super flexible, it's not always easy to make me suffer in the way that it is to make other people suffer, simply because my body's used to being folded in half. But uh, when someone like Seth can do it to you, um, it's a special kind of of suffering, which I didn't quite understand. And I've maybe become a little too reliant on my physical attributes. And so as he folds me in half, I sort of get a little twisted. And then I hear a loud, wet snap. And one of my ribs has popped out, where... You know, I don't know if it was fractured or not, I didn't get an x-ray, but you know, my rib comes out of my chest, you can still kind of feel where it hadn't set right, so all the intercostal muscles get ripped, the cartilage is torn, and there's just a sickening sound, and everybody stops immediately. And I try to sit up, and I can't. And uh, somebody goes to the fridge, you know, it hurts, but it's not, it's, not, it's not excruciating, somebody goes to the fridge, gets me a bag of frozen raspberries to put on it, and everybody's like, oh, are you okay, are you Okay. And uh, we we take about a five-minute break until I can get to my feet. And I get to my feet, and uh, you have to know Seth's sense of humor to understand this, and I didn't at the time. So Seth asks, hey, man, are you all right? And I said, yeah, yeah, totally, I'm I'm fine. he says, well, all right, put your mouthpiece back in. We're going to finish this chart. And I put my mouthpiece back in. And immediately, of course, everyone's like, no, no, you have a broken rib. We're not doing this again. And I probably wouldn't have actually done it, but I don't know. And it was that moment that I knew that I had fallen deeply in love with this crazy little art that we do and that I would do just about anything to keep doing it. So that's my story. Uh, We got some incredible calls that are way better than my story. they are calls about karate. they are calls about hapkido. they are calls about yes jujitsu and calls about taekwondo. And we're going to hear from you right now about how those love affairs with the martial arts started. So have a listen. I promise you. Cupid
2: would approve. Hi, my name is Laura. I fell in love with martial arts by accident. I was a cub reporter in Guatemala, and running got me too many comments and catcalls, and the gyms were more filled with bodyguards, armed bodyguards, than they were with people working out. So when a friend invited me to come work out of the karate studio, I said, sure. And I almost didn't come back, but I fell in love with the traditional gojo karate from Okinawa because of its simplicity. It wasn't about fighting for points and scoring and trophies. It was really about building character and building endurance. And I was young, trying to figure out my way in life, and this kind of... Just hit a spot inside. And then I came back to the U.S. and I was looking really for the same philosophy, not the exact same martial art. And I found it in Grandmaster Bang Su Han's Hapkyo School in Santa Monica, California. And I was, you know, put on the overnight shifts back then at the Associated Press. And at night, I, to keep awake, I would run around the office just like I did in. Keto, and I would drop and do push-ups and sit-ups to keep myself awake. And I kind of figured out that I could get all the stress out at work on the mats in Hapkido, And also kind of figured out, you know, if I could jump and fall and flip over punching bags and spar with guys three times my weight on the mats, then yeah, I could handle a weird assignment, some far-off place, or a really angry and cranky editor all sorts of things, and I just found myself there and found center as well. And I think that even to this day, whenever I ready myself for anything big, whether it was childbirth or a new job, I always think about going into the black belt test and just being very, very present in the moment. Thanks.
3: Hi, I'm Megan Katsunas. I train at Chapel Hill's Bracey Jiu-Jitsu and I fell in love with Jiu-Jitsu the first time I stepped on the mat. I was 34 years old. I had never done a martial art or anything more athletic than a day hike. And I thought Jiu-Jitsu would be a fun hobby, a way to be active and meet new people. And not only did training surpass all of those expectations, What I discovered is that jujitsu is the best weapon I have against my anxiety disorder. An anxious mind is loud and scattered and I'm thinking about everything all at once. But when I start rolling, especially if I'm descending, everything gets quiet and small and focused. Like, get on your side, get your elbow to the mat, frame, breathe. And I'm sure I'll always struggle with my mental health, but training gives me these periodic respites, these little resets, so I can come back stronger. Happy Valentine's Day, Jiu-Jitsu!
0: My name is Hasit Shah, and I'm a first-stand black belt in Taekwondo. The reason I still do it is because I started when I was seven years old. It was my mom who took me uh, to my first ever lesson. She didn't really know which martial arts it was, but she thought her tiny little son needed to learn how to defend himself. I learned a little bit too well and I became a national champion as a junior. The reason I still do it is because it keeps me fit and healthy, and frankly, it keeps me sane. It's also one of the few things that has been a part of my life as long as I can remember, and it's a a connection to the past that I'm really reluctant to break. I really love Taekwondo. It's graceful, it's beautiful, it provides me with the sense of peace and discipline that I need. Anyone who knows me knows that I can quite quickly go off the rails if left to my own devices and this is the one thing which has kept me focused and ready to do the things that I need to do. I also enjoy nowadays teaching. I try and pass on some of the things I've learned over the last 30 odd years to younger students and small children whenever I can. and. It's really gratifying to see how these old skills and this really ancient art will live on for many years after we're all gone. Consider myself, you know, like, oh, I do martial arts in my spare time.
1: I'm a fighter all the time, and even if I'm not fighting, that, that 100% drives who I am as a human It's the caveside Side Concussion Cast on WHUPFM.org.
4: All
1: right, folks, it's time to tackle some martial arts news from the weekend. Me and Trevor just got done uh, filming some videos, and Trevor got done teaching at Forge Fitness in Cary. But we're going to tell you about uh, the most recent news from the weekend. And if we missed anything, please let us know. We're on Twitter and Instagram at CagesideWhoop, that's cageside W H U P. You can also get at us with the C- CageSideWhoop hashtag. Uh, our email is CageSideWhoop at gmail.com, and we're on Facebook at Cageside Radio. If you miss the show, you can always catch the replay at WhoopFM.org or on iTunes or Stitcher where you should subscribe, and, of course, all the information is on our show page.
4: SoundCloud at- as well. SoundCloud as right, well. Yeah, I,
1: I, yeah look, look at you uh, picking up I remembered uh, all something. the remembrances, yeah, all geez. the remembrances. So, yeah, so check it out. All this information is on our show page at WhoopFM.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get at us, engage with us, and tell us what you think. Uh, so me and Trevor are going to recap some news. And we're, let's start with the ground karate instead of the Absolutely. cowboy yeah. karate. Um, so uh, I wanted to shout out Anthony Elbert. He's a really, really cool dude, great purple belt that we both know, really active competitor. And at the Atlanta Open, uh, which will be a couple weekends ago now, he got his first IBJJF podium performance, got a bronze medal in the adult purple belt division, yeah. Won, I think, three or four tough matches. Oh,
4: man, that's a lot for that weekend. Uh,
1: yeah, it's really yeah. difficult. Like, Adult Purple Belt is a really – it's a stacked division. There are very few easy matches in mm-hmm. those divisions. and so. Um, but Anthony's a great – There's player.
4: a lot of solid gyms that, that migrate to that IBJJF Open. From Atlanta, man. That's great to see that he's doing that. Yeah, and Anthony does—he
1: does really well. You know, he has done a lot of super fights. Has been mm-hmm. on Toro Cup yeah, and such, yeah. and really trains hard. And uh, so it's great to see him have some of the success that he deserves. And uh, yes, yeah, so congratulations to Anthony. Um, in other Jiu-Jitsu news, um, there's a new super fight card, uh, which is the Extreme Submission Challenge in Elizabeth City. That's going to be the third event of this type that they're doing. That's February 27th and I'm actually going to be on that contract.
4: That's awesome, yes. You're the, the, the old bull fighting the young buck. I don't know. There's something there that you can say is a saying. I don't know. But you have an awesome match ahead of you. I'm stoked to see two super technical people like you and your opponent going at it. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm very excited. It's a great opportunity for me and DeAndre Corbet to compete. DeAndre is... Outstanding. Nothing but respect for him. Uh, you know, the Corb. You know, it's no secret we're big fans of the Corbet brothers. On oh the yeah. And it's shocking that you know, with as much as me and DeAndre both compete, that we've never actually competed against. Yeah, it's shot. crazy. Yeah,
4: I noticed that. Yeah, so it'll be really
1: fun, and it'll be it'll be really fun. Like we both like to do some similar things too. We both you know play that barambolo game a little bit. So I'm really looking forward to that match. Looking forward to testing my skills. And uh, looking forward to just training with DeAndre. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting because it's gonna be in a cage.
4: Yeah, right? that's cool, man. Yeah, so that, that, that that brings a different element. All of a sudden, you might be running into that wall where it could have been a takedown. Now you have time to start working for underhooks and start looking for different grips before you go back down. It's a really cool aspect to see. I like it. I dig it. I do yeah. too.
1: You know, I loved it when they would have jujitsu matches on the Bull City Brawl cards. Oh so yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a vet of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> me and McNamara had a match that was really fun. It's something I'd love to do again, and I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And preview alert. We're going to have some jujitsu in a cage on our own Ken Cushing Cast That's Carnival.
4: That's right, we are, which we'll preview for you in
1: a bit. So, also on that Elizabeth City card, they have a lot of matches on that card. But there's some other uh, local guys that are going to be out there, like uh, my teammate Jojo Poti, mm-hmm. who is a really tough purple belt from Triangle Jiu-Jitsu, is going to take on Marcel Fucci, who is also a really tough purple belt. And That's going to be a no-gi match. Uh, and this is a real contrast in style because mm-hmm. Jojo plays a very traditional hoist Gracie game, has a very good knee shield guard, has a really good top game. Really very very good pressure.
4: physically strong man. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, Jojo's got some serious biceps, and everybody makes fun of him about his legs, but I'm not going to not gonna <laughs> Yeah, that, we won't do that. Uh, yeah, and Marcel
1: is a really fun to, to a really fun competitor to watch, especially if you like that 10th Planet style. Yeah, it's because he, he has really good leg locks. He likes to do the lockdown half guard. Loves to get that sort of um, to get underneath you and play the electric chair game. And so it'll be a really interesting contrast in styles because JoJo's passing is sort of. Pressure passing, and Marcel wants to play a little bit of a more modern. Yeah, their games go
4: right into each other, so that'll be a really cool match to see. Yeah, it's, it's almost kind of like how like, uh, Dewan and Marcel had a match. Uh, Dewan also a very top heavy, hoist, gracing guy as well. So that'll be that'll be really cool to see. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Two of the two of the nicest guys in Jiu Jitsu too. Yeah. Marcel and Jojo both awesome guys. Uh, my roommate Alex Cummings is also on that card. Um, he's got a gi match. Um, I don't I'm afraid I don't know his opponent, I've never seen him compete, but but so we're all driving out together and that'll be fun. Spend the night event in a little bit city. Yeah, Later, so, sir.
4: Uh, so we like I said, we we're live from a gym, live ish yeah. from a gym where I just finished teaching at so people are saying bye. Exactly. Stop looking at me, John. <laughs> I love you. I'm kidding. John, <laughs> and Trevor Studios lover, him. And that's why we him. He get just away gave me the person. stink eye. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a stink eye cam on the Oh, man. Cast. That'd be great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, in, in other ground karate news, uh, Something uh, U.S. Grappling is having a submission-only tournament in Submission-Only Virginia Beach that's coming up March 12th. Unlike a lot of submission-only formats, this is true submission-only, where you go until there is a winner. Um, there's not a time limit or anything like that. And so those are really fun events. Um, everybody who does the ground karate should register for that and have, have good times rolling around with friends. Um, and I know that there happens to be, a, for those of a more striking mindset, is there Yeah, if, cool if you
4: that? Yeah, if is? you uh, happen to not partake in the submission only and you are a fan of Muay Thai or you are an overall Muay Thai practitioner, even if you are an MMA guy, it's always great to, to branch out to Muay Thai seminars. That being said, um, a seminar being held at 8 points Muay Thai in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Jim, run by a good friend of ours, Chris Clodfelter, who does videos for us. Uh, He is bringing in Mark DeLuca, who is uh, someone that's lived in Thailand. He's fought at Lumpini Stadium. Uh, Very crafty guy. Puts on a great seminar. The cost is $50. Um, I believe it's two hours, probably a little bit longer. The Muay Thai guys, we always go over and stuff like that. We ramble a lot from from getting hit sometimes. And that's that's March 12th? Yeah, March 12th at eight points. Muay Thai costs $50. Uh, His combinations usually go over great uh, combinations or counters and firing. So it's always a solid seminar it's interesting i've seen people talking about this on social media and the muay thai guys seem really excited to learn from mark deluca oh he's a great seminar yeah i had a blast last time i worked out with him and he's uh he's from the yamasaki academy he is the muay thai coach at the yamasaki academy so your eyes lit up because that's yeah. a big uh school so yeah, it's great absolutely. to see yeah
1: terrific so yeah so, the, the, so no excuses in march you've got a couple of good things whether you like the grappling whether you like the strike the striking unfortunately you can't do both that weekend yeah and just, and this is still a ways out also, but I want people to get it on their radar screen. The IBJJF's PANS when in the Gi, which is Cake Fix in Long Beach, is the week after that, uh, March mm-hmm. 16th to the 20th. I know that Chapel Hill Gracie yeah. Jiu-Jitsu is sending some people out there some other folks in the area. So if you are competing at the PANS, like for one thing, you should register if you, if, you, if you want to compete. For another, if you are competing at the PANS, we would like to follow your matches. So get at us on Twitter at Whoop or send me an email at gmail at gmail.com. We would like to report on how you folks do because the local martial arts community would like to follow you. Yes. So to finish up the yes. news segment... Um, oh, there's the there.
4: February 27th in Raleigh Convention Center. Is that February 27th?
1: Unfortunately, there were, they had a scheduling conflict due to the snow, and so they rescheduled yeah. the Next Level Fighting Championships card, uh, which is, is now the same day as the Elizabeth City Super Fights. So I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to watch our friends DeWan Owens, Daniel Branch, a couple other guys that you know, lots of them. Uh,
4: yeah, fans. Alan Crowder is on it. He's also a local guy. Um, who else? I want to say there's... I I know the card has had some changes, so we can put an updated fight card on social media here pretty shortly.
1: Yeah, it's always unfortunate when MMA cards have to be rescheduled because then you have to... You get
4: into scheduling conflicts. And that scheduling conflict brings about another scheduling conflict. There was supposed to be... uh, um, a a full kickboxing and muay thai show the uh, amateur kickboxing, professional muay thai. I have some friends fighting on there. I'm cornering some guys on it. Um, that will be held March 26th in Durham, North Carolina. We'll have more information on it. Um, we've got some friends of ours fighting on there, and I'm looking. I, I think it's a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, I'm um, really excited to have a yeah. pure striking card in Durham because the Armory is such a good venue for stuff yeah. like that. And so it was really it was it
1: was a bummer that the snow sort of threw anything and everything into yeah. disarray. Yeah, but yeah, March 26th. The guys hold that date on the calendar. We'll put stuff on the concussion cast facebook page so that you can uh, so you can uh you can be apprised of all the details i know that triangle jiu-jitsu has five or six guys they're going to be competing on that He's Tell got, those
4: guys to come by on sundays man we got we got a lot of guys in here yeah yeah totally. we have five
1: or six guys like five or six people are going to compete like jesse lancaster is going to fight andre is going to fight mm-hmm. um charles estep i don't know if you have mm-hmm. big charles with mm-hmm. the M. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, so that's what. So that's the news. Those are a lot of the things that are coming up in February and March. Um, if we missed anything, let us know. Cagesidewhoop at gmail.com, or you can always let us know through the Facebook page.
5: Jiu-Jitsu is like the gentle
1: art, but I'm not gentle. It's the Cageside Concussion Cast on WHUPFN.com. So that was the news, folks. And uh, before we get into our next segment, I want to remind you of one thing and to hip you to another new thing that's happening. First of all, uh, the Cageside Concussion Cast Carnival is our first ever live event. It's going to happen May 1st in downtown Durham. It's going to be awesome. Check it out on Facebook. There's a Facebook event page dedicated to it. We're gonna have food trucks. We're gonna have all kinds of carnival games, including dunk tanks, cornhole, what have you. It's gonna be a really terrific day filled with jujitsu super fights, and next week we'll start announcing some of those super fights, and I think it's gonna blow your mind some of the guys that we have lined up. So please block off that day. We're Probably gonna be out there from about noon to three, raising money uh, to help Cadeside expand. Um, In addition to the super fights, there's gonna be at least three free seminars, a free jujitsu seminar, a free Muay Thai seminar, and a free seminar for women's self-defense. So you're going to get a lot of value for the suggested $10 donation. And it's just going to be a fun day out in Durham Central Park, May 1st. So for any information, go to our Facebook page for details, or you can hit us up at cagesidewhoop at gmail.com. So please check that out. Also, a new thing, the Hoist Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Network, if I could say that correctly, has started their own Facebook and Instagram. So that's something you should check out if you're a member of the Hoist Network, as a lot of people here in North Carolina are. Uh, I know that Roy Marsh, Seth Champ, some other people have been posting videos, they've been posting photographs. It's kind of an idea about sharing technique, bringing the network closer together. So if you're on Facebook and Instagram and you're interested in Team Hoist Gracie, do check out the new network pages. So we're about to get into a a segment we've wanted to do for a while. Due to Trevor's experience, uh, both training and teaching striking, and the fact that he runs the Muay Thai program now at Forge Fitness Carry uh, we've been getting a lot of questions for Trevor, like people want to break, him to break down techniques. And I know Trevor, although he plays the role a little bit on the podcast, and I'm sure most of you are hip to that, um, Trevor has a lot of knowledge and he's a lot of tips and tricks that he wants uh, to dispense to you to make your journey through the martial arts better. So we're gonna start a segment called Ask Coach Trevor, which we'll get to right after I finish this introduction to said segment. In that, Trevor is gonna offer some insights and training tips for people who are at certain stages on their journey. We have some some, some questions already from people in the community, but in this first episode, uh, Trevor is going to offer an important tip that he thinks is going to be really important for those of you that have uh, just started uh, after after you get the fundamentals down. So let's get into that. And I made some, I, I got some intro music uh, from DJ Mini Love, and uh, so thanks for that, buddy. Um, and who better uh, to Introduce Trevor Hayes, then the one and only Nature Boy Ric Flair. So, without further ado, check this out.
3: North
4: Carolina. <laughs>
1: All right, folks, well, one of one of the things that we're excited about doing on the podcast is sharing some of the technical knowledge that uh, exists and has been accrued over the years. And Trevor's done years of Muay Thai. He's done Western boxing. He's done traditional kickboxing. And so we've started to get some questions from listeners based on the videos that Trevor has, has posted. And so we have this new segment that we're going to call Ask Coach Trevor. So we have some questions that listeners have sent in that we'll get into. We figured that we'd start out with a tip that Trevor has for people – who have gotten some fundamentals under their belt, but
4: maybe are looking to expand their game. And I know you wanted to talk about this. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, like Jeff has said, I've been a punching bag for a long time. Um, uh, with that, uh, I travel a lot, you know. I was one of those guys, I kind of just had a, you know what, I'm going to go do this uh, mentality when I was younger. Um, so... When I was in my uh, late teens, early twenties, I traveled a ton. A lot of that meant sleeping in my truck, sacrificing, taking time from work. Um, you know, and you'll hear us talk about uh, sacrifice a lot. You know, a martial artist will sacrifice a lot of time uh, for very little reward. And, and part of that comes down to traveling. Um, I tell people, don't don't gym hop per se. You know, train at a place. Get get your foundations. Get those six, eight months, maybe a year in. Um, where you really have your own thing starting to go with you and your coach, uh, after that, uh, journey travel, you know, um, it's great to, to go to open mats in the area. It's great to work out with new people. Um, I'll never tell someone to like, like here at the gym. Um, I have guys that cross chain here all the time, especially the Sunday Funday open mats. Um, lots of, we'll have 16 guys, you know, handfuls of guys from all different gyms and they're just traveling, getting different ideas, different people to work with. Um, this is me rambling again uh but uh with that when you travel you get different views and looks and drills from other coaches you know no two coaches are really going to be the same um you're always going to find something new you're going to find new bodies to work with you're going to find new um rhythms to see new ring work to work ring work to work yeah i said that (laughs) um so like i say i tell people travel 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 if there's a seminar go um, even just going out of town, like taking trips to IKF and WKA matches, seeing people compete, cheering your friends on, find gyms nearby to travel and train at. Um, that has been something that's really helped me accumulate a large knowledge. Not, I mean, compared, I'll meet some people who can still just blow me away because I still consider myself a student of the game. I'm still learning a lot, um, but I still have a very broad knowledge of fundamentals and, and setups and counters and tacks, and so I can usually offer a good answer uh for for questions and that has come through years of of traveling you have to you have to travel if you have a coach that says no you just need me they're a little insecure and they're a little afraid that you might go get beat up and then you might they might lose a student or I tell my guys all the time look come with me to eight points meet Chris see how he does stuff um you know hey let's go check out this gym let's go to this seminar you know and I'll hop in there and I'll get beat up like it's part of the game I I don't have an ego um and that's from traveling. That's from getting getting to work out with a lot of high-level guys throughout the years. So I tell people, um, get, your, get your fundamentals down. Get your basics down. Travel to seminars. Uh, take those weekends. You know, you might work, but guess what? Sometimes being a little late on rent, uh, if you're really passionate about martial arts, taking that time to spend a weekend at another gym and training can go a long way down the road. So that's really my first uh, tip. Get your fundamentals and travel, and train, meet new people, and you will build a lifetime of friends. Like me, I have so many friends all over the place from just traveling and training. So that's it, kids, and adults, and men, and women, whoever else train, people from Pluto. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ju- the, the great jiu jitsu and judo practitioner, Dave
1: Camarillo, is fond of saying train with everyone. Yes. And yes, so uh, and so Trevor says that as well. So, guys, uh, that's Trevor's first tip. And if you want to hear something from a human punching bag who has years and years of experience, send us in questions to the email, to the Facebook, to, the, to, the, you know, to wherever you can get a hold of us. We have a couple of questions for Ask Coach Trevor. We're going to make this a recurring segment. And so take advantage of the knowledge that Trevor has accumulated through years of discipline and sacrifice and get at us with your questions for
4: Trevor. Line.
1: Cowboy Karate! Cowboy, Cowboy Karate! karate. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. It's the Side Concussion Cast on WHUPFM.org. So that's our first installment of Ask Coach Trevor. Trevor's going to be doing a lot more technical tips in the coming weeks. In fact, just tonight, we filmed a couple of striking videos out at Forged Fitness Carry. So watch the Facebook page this week, and you'll be able to see a bunch of those. I think you'll be really pleased uh, with the combinations and some of the offensive and defensive principles that Trevor is is talking about. So yeah, we're going to be posting a lot more videos to the Facebook page, videos from the guests, videos from Trevor and I, and you'll be seeing him reference those in Ask Coach Trevor as well. Some of you, those of you that subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or that check us out on SoundCloud know this already, so you'll have heard a little bit of this content, but we've started recording what we call side OT. OT stands for both overtime and off-topic. So if we have an interviewee that we want to have more time with, like Cody Malte, or if we have the opportunity to interview a legend like Michelle Nicolini, even if it's not at our regular scheduled Sunday time, we want to get that and put that out as a podcast for you guys. And so the, you are not going to be able to hear that on WHUP because uh, we like to have people in studio at WHUP. And so we'll still do the regular show every week at whoopfm.org and in Hillsborough at 104.7. But occasionally, we'll post some bonus content to our SoundCloud page, which goes to our uh, iTunes subscribers and our Stitcher subscribers as well. So this is important to you for two reasons. First of all, um, please subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like us, leave us a review. That kind of stuff matters. It also ensures that you're not going to miss out on certain types of content. And what type of content is that, you ask? Well, a couple weeks ago, I got the opportunity to interview uh, jiu-jitsu legend, Michelle Nicolini. She's an eight-time world champion, an Abu Dhabi champion, an absolute champion at the Mundials, has won basically everything there is to win in jiu-jitsu, and is also incredibly technical, incredibly skilled, and a really interesting individual, and has had some memorable matches that we've posted about on Facebook. If you subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, you may have heard some of this already. If you don't... um, then here is some content to whet your appetite and maybe inspire you to check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also go to our SoundCloud page, sign up for a free SoundCloud account, and subscribe to us there as well, just to make sure you don't miss out on anything. And it, you know, and this content is stuff that I think you'll be really interested in. We're going to be interviewing, like I said, uh, legends of the game, uh, jiu-jitsu, MMA, uh, all aspects of martial arts, and if we have an interview, like we've had a ton of interviews where people said, man, you guys needed two hours for DeWan Owens, you needed two hours for Roy Marsh, you needed two hours for Seth Champ, you know, now we're going to say, yeah, we agree, so let's take it to the O.T. And if you want some samples of what it's like to listen to the Cage Side Concussion Cast O.T., Here are some excerpts from my interview with Michelle Nicolini. So why did you start training jujitsu at first?
5: Hello everybody, Um, I started training first because uh, I always liked to fight, you know, and my mom uh, put me in a capoeira, it's like a Brazilian martial arts. And then I was practicing, I really liked it at that time, I was young, like 14, and um, I was training I was training Capoeira for four years and then my coach he moved to another city and I couldn't keep training. I didn't find a nice place to train and then um a friend of mine who was living uh here in US, he by internet and he said, ah you should try jiu-jitsu, it's very fun and he was like starting with jiu-jitsu here too. He was blue belt at that time. So then I went to Bra- I was in Brazil and I went to a class and then I started training and since the first day i never stopped it <laughs> really like it it was a challenge
1: what do you like most about jujitsu
5: i think it is this challenge you know i know like a big guy could smash me or but with technique it's so nice how sometimes the strength doesn't work too much you know or doesn't make it difference you know if you are intelligent if you can think about the techniques the way that you move yourself instead you move other people you know the the person that you are training so i like because every time they block one then you have to think about the second option the third option you know about the submissions and it's hard to put all together sometimes you know especially if you're a beginner or i don't know until you have your planned game on your mind you know it's very, very like, uh, I felt like when I started training, people used to like beat me up a lot. And then after like a couple of classes, you know, we start to learn a little bit more and remember the technique a little bit more. And then you wanna go back there and beat everybody up, but it doesn't happen so easy, you know. So I always like make you think about, it's like a, like a game, yeah? mm-hmm. you have to think to to improve. So, in terms of jujitsu competition,
1: you're one of the best ever, you're an IBJJF Hall of Famer, you've won the world eight times, Abu Dhabi champion, why do you continue to compete with, it seems like you don't have anything left to prove, mm-hmm. is this just something you enjoy, Is why do you continue to compete after all you've won?
5: Yeah, of course I enjoy a lot fighting, you know, uh, jujitsu is like, I feel like uh, this is what I've done for the last 16 years, you know. Uh, so. Uh, if I cannot train, it's not a thing for me, you know, I stay home and uh, well, I'm missing something, you know. So I train every time and as I feel my body still can go, you know, I don't like, I'm so lucky, thanks God, to, that I don't have any injury or anything that make me stop training. I feel good to keep going, you know, always motivated because I have to train for my girls, with my, I like to train for the, the people from my club, for my team. So my film, why not compete again, you know? I still like, and people always send me so much message, you know? Like, ah, it's c- so good to see you competing, you know? So I always, like, motivating a lot. So I'm happy to, to be on the match all the time. If not, I wouldn't go.
1: <laughs> so you had a really memorable match in the finals of the 2014 Mundials against Tammy Musumichi, mm-hmm. where it was a very close match. You were slightly down on points, and then you caught an arm lock in the end and tammy refused to tap do you remember like the feeling in that moment of like when when that happened and what what's your memory of the end of that match
5: yeah i remember that was first time that i fought Tammy, and i remember she she came like stronger from the brown belt and we end up doing the final and um i was losing you know but i was like um i'm always like Calm, because I know I can uh, take my time and get my points. But on that fight, I was losing, I think we have one minute left. And then she did, uh, for me was like a mistake, because when I I see the hooks on her back, she hooked the arm. Instead, she stepped back, and she keep coming, like, on top of me, and then just helped me with the umber. Um, I felt like in the moment that I had her arm, I felt when it dislocated, you know, the elbow. Uh, looked to the heifer and said oh, it's broken, <laughs> and unfortunately he didn't stop. You know, I think they should had stop and kept, like ask the doctor to check how was it. But and then I said, ah, oh, doesn't work. I'm pulling already. It's already out. You know, so I had to do something. I was still lo- I'm still losing my points. So like it was so f- like couple seconds. I had to realize that, like to think or figure out something to to make my points work, you know. So then I I went on top on the sweep and feel bad. Well, after when I watched the f- the uh, the move right? the the fight again, and she tried to base with the arm, the arm like just you know fell down. <laughs> were you surprised at that time
1: that she didn't tap? Because I, I was watching that match from the stands and I was <laughs> trying to figure out why she wasn't tapping. W- were you surprised about that?
5: I was very surprised, you know. But I think. Um, Everybody remembers, of course, when Roger and Jacare, they had that amazing fight in two thousand. Uh, I think it was six. It was like ten seconds left. Then you could hold, you know. But f- one minute left was a long time, you know, to fight with only one arm. So I think maybe she, I don't know if she saw the time or not, or she said after, like in the uh, interviews, that she didn't feel, you know, the adrenaline in her body was very like. Um, so she didn't feel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised. I let go the the umber because I'm like for a couple seconds, come in my mind. I don't want to see blood here, you know. Uh, so I just let go and try to think uh, quickly or about some other things to do. <laughs> Cause the umber didn't work. <laughs> and you did end up mounting and winning that match for, for your eighth world championship. Okay, yeah.
1: So, I- in addition to that m- match against Tammy, you've had some, a bunch of memorable matches against Mackenzie Dern. Mm-hmm. You've fought a lot of legends of women's Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is your toughest opponent, and what w- And do you have a favorite match among those matches?
5: Um, I think one of the toughest girls we used to, to fight a lot when I do open classes is Luana you know, She's really good, very like uh, technical, and also strong. Always, um, we had some good fights, but she, she's really good, she won many, many times. Um, Bia Mesquite also is like, uh, we had some fights, like good fights too. Uh, Mackenzie now she's like on fire, you know, and she's like uh, very, very young. It's good. I like to, to fight everyone, you know. I don't have, like, favorites. I just feel bad, because sometimes there's girls that have won against me, and then they don't want to fight me again, you know. They don't give me that chance. So, I'm waiting for those girls. <laughs> 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 you mentioned fighting Luana
1: in the Absolute. Like, you're a smaller person, but you still fight the Absolute division. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you... How important do you think that is for people who practice Jiu-Jitsu to do the Absolute?
5: Always I think uh, we don't have enough girls in my t- my team now or enough girls that wanna do the open class uh, in the black belt division. So I go, you know, I'm already there. If I feel like going, so I go. I won in 2007, the open class was our first year uh, that the female division has the open class. It was pretty fun. And after this, we have a lot of good fights in the open because um, it doesn't make too much difference, you know, the open or the weight class. Of course, we train a lot with big guys in our club. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have uh, small girls to train all the time, even small guys. So, yeah, we just go and have fun. You know, it's good if you know what to do against someone big and technical.
1: Some people think that competition is very important for training jiu-jitsu, and some people train but never compete do you think it's important for people to compete or do you think it's not important, that, that it's just important for them to train?
5: I think f- it's part of the game, you know. If you're training for something, if you train, you want to test yourself, you know. I think it's good for your self-confidence. Is It's good for your... Also your, like... Um, how can I say... Uh, I think it's just fun you know if you train you go and you learn and then you have a time to practice this in a big competition you test yourself not only there like not only with the technical or the strength that you have but you test yourself how to control yourself you know sometimes you go and you just panic you know you you know what you do but you chew up, you are shaking you know so as much you compete you learn how this decide to you know just not only about jiu but what if you have to talk in front a of lot of people you know are you do you keep your calm or whatever you know so jiu-jitsu like that you when you go when i i think like that when i go there i have to keep my calm you know i had to learn to breathe good you know to not get exhausted after like the first three minutes so you learn a lot when you compete you learn a lot. If you win, you are happy, but if you win, you have it to watch again because probably you did some mistakes. Is it not, uh, it's not uh, every time that you win and you are perfect, you know. And sometimes you win and you don't watch again your fights because you think you did all good, but if you watch, you're going to say, no, but maybe this and that could be better if I change, you know. So I, I think you just learn a lot if you compete. With yourself, with people, with your team, you know, you find the support. It's good. And uh, sometimes n- doesn't matter the final result, you know, just the, the preparation. I used to do this a lot for my students. I have some girls that used to compete. I don't mind if they win or lose. Of course, as a coach, as a friend, you know, I want my girls to win all the time. But if they lose, I like that they change some time of their life to focus on the competition for example you know they start to eat better to sleep well you know to train more think about the opponents how many fights so this is very important for for me for life as a coach you know i like to see how they prepare do you still get nervous before competitions and and if whether you, and, and if you don't when
1: when did that stop happening for <laughs> you <laughs>
5: No, I don't get nervous at all. I'm very, like, I think I'm very confident, you know. Uh, but I have to be trained. Like, if I do everything that I had to do before, like, workout, conditioning, training, if I'm eating good, if training, like, my three times a day. So then I, I go there, and my mind, the only thing that I keep is I train more than everybody here, you know. So I'm ready. I'm here because I want to be here. And uh, so I don't get nervous. I got nervous when I did MMA fights. Mm-hmm. Then everything is new. I feel like a white belt again, you know? So I get a shake, I get very nervous. But also I try always to bring it up like, let's breathe, let's keep calm, you know? And then, uh, yeah. But for Jiu-Jitsu, no, Jiu-Jitsu, uh, let's go. Huh, you were in the final, okay nice <laughs> let's go <laughs> let's uh i was hoping like to show a good fight you know i don't get sad if i lose or of course i like to win i still want fighter to win but if i lose at least i want to show up good jiu yeah if,
1: uh, if if there's a woman that says hey i want to train jiu-jitsu and i'm looking for a good coach how do i know what a good coach is and how do i find a good gym
5: yeah i think you can uh always like search the names on the internet today and they you have a lot of fraud you know it's like sadly but it's like have been happening for some time people just wearing the black belts and they don't know nothing you know even like partners like uh for partner training you know you're gonna i don't know if you have to read about jujitsu you have to see the names ask people that train you know maybe you send a message or Take you a look in the at the club, at the gym, and another one. Uh, and also see if they treat you with respect. I don't like to see when they just worry about your money, you know. You can pay, whatever, but if you are not happy there, for sure you're not going to stay. And they must call you and ask why you're not going to the class, you know. What made you stop training here? If they worry about you it's because maybe they are good they are not just taking your money mm, if the yellow on yeah on you also it's not good. some people they are crazy you know <laughs> and uh yeah I would if um if I start today, I would like try to find this is much bigger now, so you can google the names uh his black belt under who you know, to see if it's real or not, you know. If there is other girls training beginners, if they have beginner's class, good, interesting too, you know, because sometimes they just going to put you there with the lions. And everybody wants, like, just do their best, you know. Maybe they didn't have a chance to train with a beginner before, so they're going to go too hard on a girl, for example. The girl is going to feel, like, frustrated, you know, so she's not going to like too much. Some like, you know, they they take this like a challenge, you know, but some others is just going to, no, it's not for me. But maybe because they took the wrong place or they took the wrong class, you know. If they start with people on the same level, uh, I think it's important.
1: Why did you choose to
5: take MMA fights? Why did you think that was important for you? Challenge myself, just this because, uh, like I said, for Jiu-Jitsu, I'm very comfortable now, doesn't, for people watching, like, it, your first question, you know, doesn't change if uh, if you're still competing or not, you have, like, I had uh, won everything that I wanted. For MMA, I felt like, as I had to learn everything again, my stand-up, uh, wrestling, we don't have good wrestling in Brazil, so I never had the good opportunity to to learn, you know, so it's very challenging to learn something in my age as well. You know, I'm not young as other girls and, uh, I feel like just something that I want for like a little bit more adrenaline.
1: <laughs> this might relate to MMA or it might not, but there's sort of a controversy in the jitsu community between the pure sport people and the self-defense people. Where do you come down on that? Do you think jiu-jitsu for sport is good for self-defense? Do you think it's also important to train the traditional self-defense
5: techniques? I think if you learn the basic jiu-jitsu, you know, you already learn self-defense. And uh, you'd love to see all the girls learning some basic jiu-jitsu, you know. Sometimes you focus too much on self-defense and, you know, don't doesn't really work like that on the street, for example, but I'm sure Jiu-Jitsu could help people and also like is make you strong, you know, mind strong, you know, like, I don't know, I just feel like Jiu-Jitsu is the best one.
1: So uh, like a few years ago, there was a controversy about Metamoris when I thought that they were pretty disrespectful to female fighters. Mm-hmm. At first, they weren't inviting women to have matches, and then when they did, they didn't offer them as much money. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that let? W- how common is that experience in jiu-jitsu for you as as a woman who does jiu-jitsu? Is that mm-hmm. is that something you expected? It was something that was it something that disappointed you?
5: It was very disappointed because they invited me to to have that fight with Mackenzie. Uh, And then I thought it was like a great show, you know, we spent a lot of time filming the guys uh, flew to Brazil, spent some days with me and in Arizona with Mackenzie. So I thought it was like a very professional show and I was happy to be part of, you know, nothing bad to say about that show, the time that I fought. But after this, they just, you know, disappoint me so bad that I stopped to follow them on Instagram and don't want to hear about, you know. I know a bunch of guys, they didn't get it paid, you know. So this is just like, ah now they pay attention because they didn't pay a bunch of the guys, you know. But what about when the, the guys were talking, the metamorards were talking, ah, I'm not going to take a girl. They don't bring up the show, you know. They don't put money on the show. What else? You know, why? I think they they start disrespect us a lot when they, oh, not on metamoris, but all the shows that don't put at least one MMA, uh, female fight. You know, I think it's very despicable. We are here, we are like so brave, fighting for a, a small space. You know, a small spot on the media, and then they do like a big show. They get attention of... Everybody and they don't show any female fights. It's a very like, I feel really sad for them, you know, and they're not gonna support this kind of organization. What was your experience like with Polaris? You had at least one fight with them, right? Mm-hmm. I, ha- I had two. The last one I lost to is Cesare, and a very fast fight. Uh, but they are really good. They, the show is growing. Last edition was. Um, in October, yeah, last year, and I really like this kind of show, you know, they they invite not only famous people right now, but back in the day when, the, like, you know, in the last edition we had Shaolin, we had Robinson Mora, you know, so they try to mix a little bit the old generation with the youngs. So I like I like Polaris a lot. They are very respectful with the athletes. Um the show is like funny. The people are funny there like very I like to be part of that show.
1: What what were your early days training in Brazil like compared to training now? What's the biggest difference between training in Brazil and training here now?
5: Now I'm here for like uh for some travelling. I'm not training for a competition so uh, Actually, here in Charleston, I was training twice a day and lift weight. But if, if I'm a teaching, it's different than if I'm training for a competition. In Brazil, I just focus on my training. I don't teach. I used to teach uh, like private class or stuff like that. But the last few months, I wasn't teaching, just training. So I think the intensity of the training changes a lot. You know, when you are teaching or when you are getting ready for a competition. You push a little bit more, of course. You're going to work on your issues. Or um, So I train in Brazil. I start working out in the morning. Then I have almost two hours of jiu-jitsu. Then I have a break to rest and another hour of jiu-jitsu, another hour of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, we do a lot in Brazil, much more than when I'm traveling. So that's why, before the competitions, the big tournaments, I have to have my base, or in Brazil, or now in um, Long Beach with Flauzinho, check match. Mm-hmm. And so, either one, I I stay for like at least two months, and then I can focus only in one competition.
1: You've been really generous with your time, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, if you have a favorite jiu-jitsu story that you want to leave us with, anything from the old days or just a, a fun thing that happened that you think is one of your favorite moments in jiu-jitsu. I
5: have a lot of good memories of jiu-jitsu, of course. I have, like, some moments, like, I use always to say, to ask Leozinho, my my coach, that want to fight in one competition with him. You know, we are in the same... same uh, fight same show and then uh, we fought in 2013 we fought in China for ADCC and then he come Ah, oh, you see now you're in the final you you want me to uh, you want to find the same event than I so now we, we are here so happy you know was like something that I always wanted also I had a good memory of one of uh, when I got my this year I completed 10 years black belt yeah in in two thousand and six, I was fighting in Brazil. The final of the world it was brown and black belt together, and I was losing for a black belt. She got me in a choke, and I don't know how, but I looked out and I saw like and uh, back in the day it was Brazza team who were very, very big, and they are all like singing and getting crazy because uh the match was very close, and then she put me in a choke. And then I looked then and it gave me some like something that I had to escape from that choke. so I escaped and then I got the gore I think in the jungle and I won the w- my first world champion as I was brown but the brown and black box together was very very good memory too. a lot of things when you like travel a lot for competitions, everything happens <laughs> it's like I always like good to be around people they are so fun before competition everybody looks like serious and after people relax a little bit more you know I think I never had problem with anybody in jiu-jitsu like everybody girls that have fight you know it's good good life (laughs)
1: So that was Michelle Nicolini, jiu-jitsu legend, all-time rock star. Um, Those are the type of people that we're seeking to get interviews with here on the Concussion Cast and on the Concussion Cast OT. So to make sure that you don't miss anything, subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. And I think we have, you know, I don't want to give away anything quite yet, but we have an interview with a legend coming up that's going to surprise you. So that's the show. We hope you got a lot out of our Valentine's Day show. I sure enjoyed having people call in and tell me their stories of martial arts. We want to do more of that in the future. Really enjoyed Trevor doing uh, some technical stuff. And again, watch our Facebook page to see more videos if you want to learn how to do the cowboy karate voodoo that he do. I also filmed a jiu-jitsu video that'll be out probably next week. Um, if you want to see, if you want to check that out. So again, guys, I'm Jeff Shaw. My thanks to Trevor Hayes. My thanks to Michelle Nicolini. My thanks to you for listening. We have a really exciting guest next week, which is going to be February 21st. That's Tony Caceres, who has Lucas Laprie, Morrisville. He has a school out here. is an incredibly competitive brown belt. does a lot of tremendous uh, competitions. is one of the nicest guys in the local jiu-jitsu. And I think if you haven't watched Tony compete, or if you haven't learned from him, then you don't quite know how interesting he is, and how good he is. So that's something that we will seek to rectify next week with our interview with Tony. In the meantime, uh, we're going to let tune in the real law play us out. Thank you once again for listening. I'm Jeff Shaw. This is the Cage Side Concussion Cast. Uh, we'll see you all next week.